1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, folks, I got so excited. I got my headphones all tangled up there, but we're all tangle free now and ready to go. Listen, yesterday, by the way, Doug Oster show, dougoster.com, the organic gardener. You know him, you love him. And uh, we're going to take your phone calls at 866-391-1020. If you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you'll want a great gift certificate from the wonderful folks at Sorgles. Love that place out right off the Wexford Exchange. Go out and say hello to them Uh, I got excited yesterday as I was telling Andy, I couldn't wait to talk to Doug today. So I cleaned out that one gutter, uh, the garage, the house that I rent, beautiful place, great landlord, love the community. So I cleaned it out finally, took it upon myself. And Doug, as I told Andy yesterday, I wanted to speed dial you and call you because what I found because of years in this one stretch of gutter that had not been cleaned out because it was being blocked by a tree, that tree has been pretty much trimmed and another one removed, which is a great thing. I had a handful in my work gloves that I picked up courtesy of Evie True Value. Absolutely loved him. Some of the most rich, beautiful soil anywhere. I could have taken it, as I told Andy and Mike yesterday, and followed your advice and planted it somewhere and put that beautiful potter over the tree stump that once stood, a beautiful tree that was beaten down by the weather, so I had it removed. I could not believe the natural compost that took place because of Mother Nature I don't think I could have bet, bought better planting soil, and I didn't do what I should have done because by the time I had put it into a garbage bag, I realized halfway through that I should have saved the majority of it. But Mother Nature can do amazing things, can she not?
2: You know, there's lots of ways to compost, Rob, but I never heard of the gutter method. That's interesting.
1: <laughs> uh, Doug, when I tell you it was literally as level as level could be, as they say in the business, it was plum, and it truly was rich, cool Dark, damp, but beautiful soil that I just looked at and I kept thinking this gutter had probably not been touched for 10 years. And once I had all of the little branches and things removed and some of the leftover leaves from last year, I literally just found a pristine gutter full of soil and each and every scoop was better than the last. It was amazing.
2: Well, it's a good lesson for people. You know, if you're. If you don't compost and you're thinking, well, I'd like to compost, but it sounds kind of confusing. <laughs> Anything that once was living will become compost, as Rob found out when he cleaned out his gutters. <laughs> uh, you know, if you just pile up leaves uh, somewhere, eventually, and it's going to take a while, eventually they will become compost. And so that's what many of us do. You know, we take stuff out of the kitchen and we take stuff out of the garden. And we just pile it up and the, sure, certainly there are, there's there's. Lots of other things you can do to speed it up and to make it the perfect compost. But just by piling up living things, they will become compost and that's basically how I do it. I do have a couple rotating pins that I'm I'm using to get the compost a little quicker. But speaking of sorghums, Rob okay. I've got some I've got some big news. The eighteenth annual Doug Oster, Plant Swap, and Garden Hullabaloo is back this spring. We could not do it last year due to the uh, pandemic. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get your pens and pencils ready because I'll be giving out the details for the date in just a few minutes. Uh, It is uh, at Sorgles, but let me tell you how this all got started. When I first started writing about gardening here in Pittsburgh 22 years ago, I had a little garden forum, a friend of mine, Bert Bloom. He was my first garden friend here in Pittsburgh. Uh, we started talking, and I said, well, let's just get together at my house with a few people, and we'll just trade plants. It'll be fun. And we did that for a couple of years, and then it got too big to do it that way. More people wanted to come, and I contacted the county parks and was able to to. Be there for gosh, probably ten years, but then the dates got hard to to book. The, the parks got busy, and uh, Randy Sorgel agreed to host it at his place, and that has been absolutely wonderful. I think last five six years we've done it at Sorgel's, and you know, plenty of parking, and uh, you know, the part of the plant swap is you just dig up your plants, you bring them, and we trade with each other. Uh, that's that's the only rule. But the other thing that I do at the Plant Swap is I give away tomato plants. And it's Limbaugh Legacy Potato Top Tomato. I've been giving them away since 2000. Uh, Fred Limbaugh introduced me to the tomato. He has since passed away. And it is just a big, meaty, ugly, pink, thin-skinned, wonderful, tasty tomato that uh, everybody, when they grow it, they love it. Uh, I'm also going to have a a free rare plant lottery for some things out of my greenhouse. Uh, We're going to have so much fun. So the 18th annual Duck Coaster Plant Swapping Garden Hullabaloo will be Sunday, May 23rd from 11 a.m. to 12 noon. It's only for an hour. It's crazy. And as always, a huge thank you to Randy Sorgel for hosting us there. Uh, As I said, we're going to have fun. We'll talk about it a little bit, bit more as we get closer now. If you've spent any time out at the nurseries, you know it is crazy time. Uh, I have never seen anything like this. We thought last year was, was a uh, a wild year for nurseries and for, for gardening. Well, this year is starting off even crazier. Uh, I, I, you know, I just I can't believe it. I can't believe how many people I'm seeing at the nursery already. We're in April. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you what, uh, we got cold this week. I didn't cover anything. Did you cover stuff? Did you have to cover something in your garden? Well, Mrs. Know is going to talk all about what to do if your garden was affected by the freeze, and she's going to school you on when to plant tender crops. And she's on fire, as I am. Uh, I'm making her do the dirty work, though. She's she's going to rant at you a little bit about when to plant what. Uh, now I will be appearing in person on Arbor Day. That's this Friday, at the Southern Butler County Garden Club's community garden. It's in Graham Park in Cranberry, just off Rochester Road, from 11 to 1 p.m. That's Friday. I'll be demonstrating how to plant a tree. And you'll be able to take a little something home with you uh, related to Arbor Day. All the information about the plant swap, all the information about where I'll be Friday, it's all at DougOster.com. You know, my trip to Croatia is going in July. We are going. We're going on a private yacht uh, uh, along the, the coast of Croatia and stopping every day at these little towns. Uh, I know, you know, all my other travel plans have been canceled due to the pandemic, but if you are vaccinated, we're going to be safe to go. Uh, it's a tr- trip of a lifetime. All that information is also at DougOster.com. And, you know, Rob and I started off the show talking a little bit about composting basics. Um it is the best way to recycle when you compost. Uh, you know, 50% of what you were sending out to the landfill now stays on the site, and you get that direct benefit of having that compost. Now, the things that I don't take out from the kitchen are meat, dairy, and oils because they can't attract rodents, but everything else is fair game coffee grounds, eggshells. Uh, vegetable peelings, fruit peelings, unbleached paper towels, anything that once was living becomes compost. Out of the garden, anything that's left over, not disease that I'm cutting down, that goes in there. You know, to make the best compost, you need greens and browns. Like I said, you know, just like Rob's gutter, (laughs) anything that once was living will eventually rot down to be compost. But to do it quicker, the greens are what are coming out of the, the kitchen and coming out of the garden, for the most part. And then the browns are things like uh, straw and shredded leaves. And so every time I'm throwing something in that's green, I'm throwing in something that's brown, the sh- straw, or in my case, it's just shredded uh, leaves. And that just makes a good mix. And in the bins themselves, I'm not turning them. The only way I'm turning them is I have a rotating bin. And every time you rotate, it it decomposes about 50% quicker. So composting, there's nothing to it. Uh, Rob had a great example of the, the gutter method, but uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't suggest that. We need to keep those gutters clean. Uh, if you have a garden question, can't get through, you're too shy to call, call just go to com. I answer all the questions uh, at the end of the show. You're not bothering me. It's my job. But let's talk today. 866-391-1020. Let's talk about your garden.
1: All right, Rob, we ready for a break? We're ready for a break. We'll come back. com. It is the Organic Gardener, part of Rob Pratt Sunday. Odyssey 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDK. Yes, he is. And Barb wants to talk to Doug Oster as we begin with our calls today. So, Barb, how are you? Welcome to KDK. Good morning.
0: Good morning. I have a question about rhubarb. Okay. Um, grew up with it. So I finally bought a a plant about three years ago, and it's grown every year. But it's gotten – it gets nice, nice stalks, but then they're kind of piffy, I guess is the word I want to use. And uh, it grows – and it's probably seeds, but that's what I wanted to ask you about. It looks like broccoli.
2: Yeah, that's very common. That's what the rhubarb's trying to do. It's trying to flower. It's trying to seed. Uh, you know, normally we just remove that stalk. Um, have you been able to harvest the rhubarb over those first couple years?
0: Uh no, because it's, it's When I take it, it's real soft inside, not crispy. And uh, I've left it, go, it to, the, I'd left the, to go to I've left it go to see. I've not removed those.
2: Yeah, I would I would get rid of those, and then we want to harvest early. You know. As soon as it gets to a decent size, we'll harvest. And uh, what you, what did what would you make out of your rhubarb if you did get it? What would you oh. what would you use it for?
0: I use it in pies. I mix it with strawberries, make strawberry rhubarb pie or just rhubarb pie. Also jelly. Oh, isn't that isn't isn't that and the best sauce.
2: pie? Strawberry rhubarb. I love that pie. Um, yep, so so
0: do
2: I. <laughs> Let's let's get to it early. You know. It should be sprouting here pretty soon. Uh, if it's oh, not it's up nice. Already. It's
0: already up and it has nice stalks on it.
2: Well, this is—you want to harvest early. Don't let it, uh, don't let it linger. And those are okay. the best stalks, of those early ones. Uh, and then when you make that pie, just call me and I'll be over. Okay.
1: All right, Connie. Let's say hello now to her. She is waiting to talk to Doug on the Organic Gardener Odyssey, one hundred point one FM, AM ten twenty, KDK. Hey, Connie.
0: Good morning. How are you? I'm good. A uh, long-time listener and big admirer, Doug. You've done so much, taught so many people, and I am certainly one of them.
2: That's very nice of you to say. What's on your mind?
0: So, I've called you before about my roses. You know, uh, long-stem tea roses are a constant uh, challenge. Uh, now my <laughs> bunnies are. are eating all the lower leaves.
2: Well, a couple of things you can do for the rabbits. First is a, some kind of physical barrier. And uh, I don't know if this is possible where you're at, but chicken, a, little, a chicken wire barrier around them until they get big enough would help. The other thing that I use is a product, an organic product called hot pepper wax. And it's a spray that the rabbits just can't stand. And I use it in the vegetable garden when a rabbit somehow gets in. I spooked one that was outside the fence yesterday, but I'm sure they'll they'll figure a way in, they always do, and until I can figure out where they're coming in and where they're leaving, I spray the stuff with hot pepper wax and uh in the case of the rose you're not gonna have to worry because you're never gonna have to taste that. Uh yeah actually when I spray that hot when I spray that hot pepper wax on vegetables, the rabbits taste it but we don't. I don't know how it works, but it works. And so uh, you know, any nursery is going to have a, a bottle of that hot pepper wax, and if you can't do the physical barrier for the bunnies, I would do that. I would also feed those. Are you feeding the, the tea roses? Because I would feed them monthly with something called rose tone.
0: Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, okay. I haven't started yet. Yeah, well. I guess I should.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, feeding that rose, giving it what it needs is is going to help it. You know, hybrid teas are a little bit more problematic than, than some yes. of the uh, later introductions in, in roses, but uh, they're worth it because uh, the flowers are so amazing.
0: They are so amazing, and I, I've been doing those uh, own root roses, not the grafted ones, from Oregon. Wow. And uh, well, they're amazing.
2: Well, good so, luck. Keep the bunny off the roses, you. and thanks very much for your call.
0: <laughs> Take care, Doug. I appreciate it.
1: How can something so cute do so much damage, huh, Doug?
2: Oh, tell me about it. You know, like I said, I was out working in the garden yesterday, and I heard something. I looked over, and there was a big rabbit running, you know, it was right at the on the outside edge of the fence. And, yeah, I have. I actually have fences inside the fenced-in garden around my peas, around my spinach, just because I know eventually they'll, they'll either dig under or they'll find a way, you know, it's just – it's just the way it always is. So, so far, so good. No rabbit damage yet, but we'll see.
1: All right, let's take Nancy from Mount Levin. We've got about three minutes to the break. Hey, Nancy, how are you? Welcome to KDK.
0: Thank you. Good morning. Hey, Doug,
3: I have a uh, hibiscus in a pot that needs to be repotted. Would it be better to do it now while it's still got a couple of weeks inside or wait till it's acclimated to being outside?
2: I'd prefer to do it now, personally. You could do it either way, uh, but I'd like to get it ready. As long as it's not going into a pot that's going to be too big for you to move, that's the other thing to consider. Always with a tropical hibiscus is, like, eventually they get so big that, like, uh, are you going to bring it in and out? Uh, So if it's not going up into anything that's going to be hard to move, you could do it now. Get it ready. You know, the roots will be ready to go, and then a month down the road you'll have it out there. If it's going up into a pot that's going to be problematic to move, then you're probably going to have to wait and, and do it out there. But I think you're going to jump on the season uh, by, by doing it right now. Uh, how much bigger in the pot does it need to go? we got about a minute.
0: Um, it's,
3: it's going up to i – I'm going to put it in a fairly large pot, but I've got it on one of those wheel bases that I okay. can wheel it out.
2: Well, I'd, I'd be tempted to do it right now. It'll it'll get those roots going, and it's going to hit the ground running as soon as you get it outside, and you're going to have some beautiful blooms, all right?
3: Very good. Thanks a lot.
1: Okay, Doug, I'm, I'm going to give you a few more moments. Talk about what you have coming up, uh, uh, looking very for, uh, forward to your visit to sorgals. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, this is going to be great. We're back with the uh, with our plant swap, you know called the 18th Annual Doug Hoster Plant Swap at Garden Hullabaloo. I added the Garden Hullabaloo. I just thought it was funny. Uh, On May 23rd from 11 a.m. to 12 noon at Sorgles, we're going to be doing our plant swap and giveaway. I give away these beautiful Limbaugh Legacy Potato Top tomato plants, uh, and uh, everyone loves it. It's the last tomato you'll pick, man, but it is a good one. I've got some weird, rare stuff out of my greenhouse I'm going to give away. It's so much fun, so much fun to see everybody. We're going to be together again. Of course, we'll still have our our safety protocols in place. Don't worry about that. You know, we'll be wearing masks, and we'll be trading plants, and I'm going to bring some of my favorite perennial called Coritalis lutea. That's May 23rd, 11 a.m. at Sorgholes.
1: So at this Hall of Blue, you're going to be wearing go-go boots? (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'm going to be one of those cages with go-go boots and dancing.
1: That was a great show. I remember it well. All right, we'll take a break. Ladies and gentlemen, we have room for all of you. If you have a question for Doug, call now and uh, grab one of these available lines, 866-391-1020. And then Mr. all will drop by in the... Uh, uh, final segment of today's show. In the meantime, it'll be Joe and Frank coming up next hour. Cheese, 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 and more cheese recipes from omelet to fondue to grilled cheese sandwiches and more. And then, of course, Heffern, Tillits and Joe Money, and you, then the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show at 11 a.m. as our Marathon Sunday it winds its way towards that 1 o'clock hour. So glad you could be with us. Lots more still to come today, including your phone calls with Doug Oster, dougoster.com, 866 of course, 1020 is the number to dial. Stay with us. All right, let's take the 10th caller now, 412-922-1020. That person will win a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Janoski's in Clinton, where that greenhouse and garden center is open with all sorts of goodies, and they open today and every day at 9 a.m. All right, back to the busy phones for Doug on this spring day. Let's say hi to Patty. Hey, Patty, welcome to KDK. How are you?
0: Happy Sunday. I'm doing fine. Um, I just had a question for you, Doug. I bought canes yesterday. They are marked as annuals. Um, It's my understanding that canes are actually perennials. Now, if I dig these up at the end of the season and store them, I I was doing some checking online yesterday, and it looks like the only problem is because of the zone that we live in, that since they're tropical, you just have to dig them up and replant them every year. Is, Is that is that correct? Am I understanding that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, now sometimes, you know, sometimes they'll winter over, but you can't, It's not reliably. So, yeah, at the end of the season, the thing about it is, you know, there's a lot of things that we, a lot of us save at the end of the season, uh, dahlias, caladiums, uh, tuberous begonias, but the cannas are super easy. You know, you can just kind of dig them out, kind of leave dirt on them, put them in a bag, and they'll sit there all winter for you. And then put them back okay. in in the spring. Uh, okay. Pretty easy to grow. Really beautiful plants, uh, and uh, you'll 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 get lots more cannas. That's the thing. That's uh, you okay. know That's, <laughs> when I used to do a lot of uh, live speaking when we could do that. and We'll be doing that again this summer. Uh, people would bring me cannas all the time. Like when we do the plant swap on uh, May 23rd at Zorgles, people will bring lots of cannas to give away. Uh, so you'll be making more cannas, uh as you as you plant them during the season and, and store them over the winter.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Here's uh, Rudy up next in the North Hills for Doug. Hey, Rudy.
4: Hi, Doug. How you doing?
2: I'm doing good. How you doing, fellow North Hills'er?
4: Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Hey, Doug, I had a question about uh, how you acclimate tomatoes to sunlight. Now my, my tomatoes, I've I've got 140 with about four different varieties of tomato plants, and uh, I start them out in little uh, strawberry containers that I save over the over the course of a year, and then I put them up into uh, 18 ounce uh, plastic cups, using a potting mix, and right now my tomatoes are about oh I'd say four to six inches tall, and uh, I have a little. Couple little portable outside greenhouses uh, that I use uh, to uh, bring some of these things uh, into a better position uh, as time goes on. But uh, how do you acclimate them to the daylight? To this, you know, bringing them in and out to get them.
2: Yeah. See, when you have that, that. when you have that many, it's tough. You know, because uh, technically, the way we're supposed to do it is. We, you know we take our our plant out, and tomatoes especially need this what we call hardening off period. They can't stand to go from right, right uh either green greenhouse light or indoor light right outside, and so usually we try and get them out into the you know a day like today if it's not raining, just a gray day, leave them out there for a few hours, then bring them back into where they're they're happy and okay. then uh after that, you know we extend that over uh you know 7 days until eventually it's out there all day with 140 in those big pot in those big containers that's going to be difficult to do so you might have to cut that time down to maybe 3
4: days of doing that yeah uh, but you want to give I, them I boxed up in, them... In, in lots of 20 and uh there's a lot of different varieties that I grow including your 3945s um awesome and yeah they're doing really well
2: just okay, give them, get give them whatever time you uh, can.
4: Uh, you know, so many hours per day, and just keep an eye on them.
2: Yeah, I, I would just, I would get them out there when you can. You know, uh, by the time, by the time it's ready to plant, those are going to be really nice sized plants. I had a question for you: Are you planting all 140 of those plants, or are you giving a lot of those away?
1: You'll have to ask him the next time he calls, Doug. <laughs> all right. Oh yeah, he's gone. Let's go now to Mark. Mark, you're next up on KDK. How are you?
2: Good morning. My son recently bought a home in Shadyside, and it has a very, very small lawn in the backyard. Um,
4: the lawn has significant clover and weeds in it, and what he wants to do is he wants to sod the yard. What is the best
2: way for him to get rid of the clover and the weeds so that he can saw it over without having that come back up through. Uh depending on how big the area is. It, it, no matter what you do, this is not going to be easy. Uh if his if his heart is set on throwing sod in there, uh you're gonna there's a machine that you can rent that it's called a sod cutter and And it just it you adjust the level and you just bring it along and if it's a small area you'll you'll kind of turn that into a sort of carpet and you'll roll it up and then you'll have bare ground and then you could put your sod right on top of it. I've done it before, but man, I'm telling you it is not easy uh, you know another another way to think about it and again, if his heart is set on sod, then this is the way to do it. You cut that off. And and you just lay your sod on there, but realistically, first off, clover is actually a good thing for for the lawn. Uh, realistically, if you could just if you just got in that little area, if you just got the pH and the fertility where you wanted it, nothing will outgrow grass. And then you keep the grass tall, and it, it shades out all the weeds. Uh, so it, it, again, it depends on what the homeowner wants. It, it, like I said, if sod's the way to go, then get that side cutter, how big of an area are we talking about?
4: Uh, we're probably talking
2: only maybe about 40 feet by 40 Oof. feet, something like okay. that. You had, you had me at 40 feet. That's a lot. <laughs> uh, is it? Personally, <laughs> personally, you know, if you want to strip off the sod or strip off the what's there, that's fine. I would be tempted to get a soil test, figure out what the pH is and fertility get an inexpensive organic granular fertilizer and and throw it on there so that that grass is just going to go nuts, get the pH right, and and in, you know, a season or two, uh, you're going to have this amazing green space without all that work. That's just personally how I would do it, all right? Thanks very much for your call.
1: All right, listen, Doug, tell them about Croatia, then we'll go to break.
2: Yeah, maybe it's too early. I don't know. I've got a lot of people coming with me. But in July, I am going to Croatia. This trip is going. I've been told it's going. So as long as we're vaccinated, you know, it's it's funny that, you know, it works out this way. This is the one trip I've I've just had to have certain things done right ahead of time and booked a year in advance to get this boat. You know, we're on a private boat that only holds 36 people. And and Croatia is a place I've dreamed of seeing uh, and, and seeing the, the gardens of Croatia and all these little towns and the food. Uh, so if you're, if you're up for traveling in July, because I'm going, <laughs> and I've got a bunch of people coming with me, uh, we've got space left. If you've ever wanted to see Croatia, if you feel safe at traveling in, in July, I do. You know, I'll be completely vaccinated. Just go to DougOster.com. All the information is there. The information on our upcoming plant swap is there. Uh, I cannot wait to be back to the plant swap. The plant swap was such a tradition for me. 18, 18 years out in the public and then three more years I did it here at my house. There's just something about being together and, and seeing all these different cool plants. I've had the same volunteer for 18 years, Dave, and he just comes for free and he just loves doing it and, and, and you know tries to keep things going. There aren't really any rules that's one thing that sometimes is problematic. You know, it's, 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 you're on the honor system. Bring some plants, trade some plants, you know, be nice. And then, of course, giving away that Limbaugh legacy potato top tomato is, is something, again, I've been doing since 2000. And what you do basically is you, you're going to get this big Pittsburgh heirloom. You grow it out. And then you save the seeds and send it back to me. And as always for this plant swap, it's at Sorgles on May 23rd. Write it down, 11 a.m. to noon. A big thank you to Randy Sorgles for setting us up and letting us come. Because as I said earlier in the show... Nurseries have gone wild. It is crazy out there. Everybody wants a little piece of gardening, and people are bringing in all these plants. And and even during the week, uh, I go to a nursery, and and it's crazy busy, which is a good thing. Everybody should be gardening. So what do you think, Rob? we ready for a break?
1: Yeah, ready for a break, and then uh, it's Mrs. Know-It-All next. All right, Doug, it's that time.
2: Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's horticulturalist Denise Schreiber, and uh, she's got a lot to tell us today. Let's start off with the right way to save cannas, Denise. Okay. Well, you know, when I was working,
3: we saved several hundred cannas every year. They really will not winter over in our soil because our soil is clay. It retains the moisture, and they just rot. So kind of skip that idea right off the bat. So when you're harvesting cannas, what we always did was we let them get frosted twice. And then we cut off the main stalk and left up a handle that was about 8 to 12 inches long. We would put it on a table, let it dry with the soil that was on it, knock off most of the soil afterwards because that is heavy. And then we would store it either in peat, Uh, in a container with peat. And I don't like using cardboard boxes because they absorb moisture over the winter. So a plastic container, an old garbage can, anything like that, something that also blocks the light. And then you want to store it in an area where it doesn't get below 45 degrees. So a corner of your garage, if it's attached, your basement, some place like that where you know it's always going to stay cool. If you have a sun porch that's unheated, as long as you have the light blocked, they should winter over fine. And then in the spring, you actually take them out. You cut off the old dead part and discard that and then plant a new part and you should plant them that they have at least two eyes, preferably three. If you don't know what an eye is, it's going to be that little point that comes up that's very uh, hard and clean looking. So what
2: about the garden after all that cold weather? Uh,
3: you know, I actually kind of worry about tonight since it's going to 33 because, it, no offense to our meteorologists, but eh, sometimes they're not quite right, you uh, If you live in an area, like in a valley like I do, then you can worry about frost. If it is a clear or partially clear night and there's just a little bit of wind, you can possibly have frost. At this point, we're hoping we don't get it. So if you had plants that got frosted, your day lilies will come back. Your lilies will probably grow, but... They may not be as vigorous as they have in the past. Trees and shrubs, what you can do is just go out and kind of bend the tips and see if they bend. If they don't bend, that means they've died and you can snip them off. I would still wait until, actually, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? It's supposed to be so hot. I would wait till then to kind of see if any growth pushes out on anything. Young trees, especially like Japanese maples or uh, something else that you've just planted, they may have taken a bad hit from the frost. They don't like it. It can be deadly to them. So young trees, anytime we're having a frost, I like to cover them up or at least maybe put a barrier. So I actually tie a tarp to a fence that's on the high side of my property, and that blocks the frost
2: because frost falls.
0: And, then and I, saw people,
3: people
2: walking, I, I saw people walking out of the nursery with uh, flats of impatience. Uh,
3: um, <laughs> okay, so we're going to have some warm weather for two days, and then it's going to drop back down. You know, impatience, uh, tomatoes, um, basil, plants like that have very thin leaves or they're very fleshy. The impatience are fleshy. And what happens is if we get those cold uh, evenings, the water cells inside the leaves actually explode and kill the plant. The ground is way too cold. You know, we need to have our soil temperatures at at least 50 degrees, at least – And for plants like tomatoes and peppers, we actually want them to be around 60 degrees because they like warm feet. They don't like cold. You know, something like parsley would be fine in this weather, but not basil, not tomatoes, not peppers, not the impatience. They can also rot just because our soil is also so wet. You know, we had a pretty nice rain last night. So this is something you want to avoid. I was in a garden center the other day, And this gentleman insisted he wanted better boy tomatoes. And the lady even told him, she said, they're not ready yet. Well, I want to plant them. It's like, they're not ready yet, and it's too cold to plant. And he didn't seem to understand that point, that it was just too soon. And I know everybody wants a tomato, Uh, you know, uh, me especially. But it's still too soon to be planting those types of warm season vegetable crops.
2: All right, Mrs. Know-It-All, thanks for all the great information. Appreciate it. Now, we've got our plant swap coming up on May 23rd. This Friday, though, I'm going to be appearing in person uh, on Arbor Day uh, at the Southern Butler County Garden Club's Community Garden. It's in Graham Park in Cranberry, uh, just off Rochester Road. I'll be there from 11 to 1 on Friday demonstrating how to plant a tree. You're going to be leaving with something related to Arbor Day you just go to DougOster.com. How are we doing there, Rob?
1: It's time, Doug. Remember,
2: organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow.
1: All right, Doug, have a great weekend, great week ahead. Good stuff. Stay with us. It's the Coons Cooking Hour after Boris checks the news in four minutes. Good morning.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?
1: Well, for one, they're listening to audio.